be most excited to talk about because I know what it is for me. Hmm. Corset. Yeah, corset. Yeah. Corset. Yeah, I'd say I'd say start with the interesting thing, but I do need to hear that newscast. Um, oh yeah, the way that we intro this. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to DTL Demonstrate the Loop. I am Daniel Powell. Our real host, Drew Turner, is here, and we also have a special guest who's going by Justice Mope in the Zencaster. Um, but this is uh, Josh Hendricks. Say hello, Josh Hendricks and Drew Turner. Hello, I am Josh Hendricks, and I am not Justice Mope. Hello, I am Josh Hendricks, and I am Justice Mope. <laughs> very good. Very good. Very good for the listeners to hear that. Uh, of um, course. Someone had <laughs> Today to we're talking about all sorts of things. Uh, Demonstrate the Loop is a Magic the Gathering-based podcast where we do opinion pieces, deck texts, and mostly talk about Commander, but sometimes we don't do that. And we don't do that sometimes today, except a little bit, because this mm. time we're going to make ourselves look skinny and we're going to mess up our vision. Because right now we're going to be talking about Corset 2021. That's funny. Thank you. I've been I've been thinking about that joke for a long time. Josh was the I joke honestly, good. Um, oh, I honestly don't get it. I'm going to have to listen back later. You don't get the joke? <laughs> and, um, no, no, no. A, cor- a corset is the thing that like oh, people in Elizabethan days would oh, wear and, then, and tighten their stomach. And, and 2021, 2021 is just not 2020 yeah. vision. Yeah, it's just okay, off. Yeah. Okay, okay. I, now when I listen back, I'm I'm not going to learn anything, and I'm just going to realize how <laughs> stupid I am. You'll have already so, known. Much better <laughs> this way. The show will have changed from being uh, educational to being entertaining, and that's that's more so kind of the lane we want to be in. Yeah, well, for this episode, we specifically are aiming to be a little bit more like a objective and just sort of talk about things we like, and then eventually we'll talk about something that I think is kind of dumb. Um, but first and <laughs> foremost, we're talking about something we like. Maybe. We haven't played it yet, except for some of us got our pre-release kits today for Corset 2021. Uh, just, mm-hmm. just like flat face value, what do you guys think of the set as a whole? Ooh. I um I like a lot of the things in it. Like I wasn't sure how it was gonna be them going back to corsets again, but uh, not having to keep to a theme and stuff. I there are just some neat cards. There's just some good stuff. Yeah, I mean I would definitely agree. Like it's um we we were coming off of Acoria with this corset and Acoria by pretty by pretty much every estimation that I've seen people talk about has been kind of one of the most pushed sets in complexity and just like power in quite a long time. But it's also, it's been interesting to see or kind of just be reminded because I don't remember caring much at all about core 20, about last year's core set. But I this honestly one... cannot tell you any of the cards that were in core. No, there was the oh. one cool Chandra that gave everybody else an emblem. Yeah, dealt oh, damage to them on yeah. their upkeep. The, the so mythic Chandra. Yeah, so even if you lose, you're still just hurting them the whole time. I love that. Yeah. That card is and great. But I think that's another yeah, that card that was released. And that's the thing. Like it's, I feel like, uh, I, I mean, as a set, I, I definitely I like this set a lot. I'm less excited to 
dive into it and play it like I was a Coria. Like I definitely, pl- I played a ton of draft for a Coria. I was really into the lore and the cards and stuff. I'm more interested to go into the core set and literally just strip mine cards out of it for other yep. decks that I play. I, I do. So uh, no yeah, interest in playing it, just grabbing the bits. Yeah. yeah like it's, I good. like it as a, yeah, as like a release, as a selection of cards, more so than I like it as a, uh, you know, like a play experience. It seems like it's a really fun set to draft. I just don't particularly care to do that even a little bit. It's yeah, it's hard to draft a set when there's no, uh, like there is cohesion within the mechanics, but mm-hmm. it's 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 hard to to care as much. In, in a set that's just, hey, this is stuff from everywhere, but it's not going to be like Mystery Booster was, where it's, hey, this is stuff from everywhere. This is stuff from specifically here, but it's from mm. a lot of different places. Azusa? Eh? Eh? And it's like they're nudging you the whole time. Just saying, <laughs> eh? Look at that. Hey, isn't it weird? Mm-hmm. Like, Liliana's hanging out with Basri Cat. They're not from the same plane. They're not. They're, they're not even with each other in the story. They might be. I don't keep track of that stuff. But you guys said you're excited to strip things out of this set. And yeah, so, like... Um... Oh, go ahead. I want to hear it. Give it to me. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, so it's a thing that they've talked about when... um, I forget... I think I think this, this, this started getting talked about a lot um, with the release of Modern Horizons last year. But, like, they were talking about... Uh, old characters from the lore that did not have cards and you know like for for commander players especially for like in fran like commander players who've been playing the game in general for a long time or have just like dove really deep into the lore you you hear a lot about a character like urza but until modern horizons last year there was no card with that character on it. No, and best you could get was the um, the, the Raven b- Man. No, no, that you could get the oh. big old uh, what do you call the it? Headmaster. The Headmaster. No, no, right? no, no, no. The the Vanguard. You could have the Urza Vanguard. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. To get him on the actual Wizard's card, yeah. And so, like, mm. what I like that they did here, uh, and I think it, it's a it's a point of comparison because this is the second core set they or no this is the third core set they've themed around a character because core nineteen was Bolus, last year's was Chandra. We have Teferi this year. Teferi oh, specifically God, as a Teferi character this year. Good, good God, <laughs> and it's because oh. it's not like it's not. Uh, Teferi has a long history as a character in the game. He's been a known character since like the like early 2000s i want to say mm-hmm. and that allowed them to take a character like mangara mangara was like a was a character from like mirage same thing with Caravec. and it, it lets them reference those old characters but without having it, it like having it be in a a core set a standard legal set and so we get characters like baron we get i mean we get teferi naturally or whatever uh, but we get Joel Riel, we get uh, Subira, we get these, and I, I, I think, aside from Baron, I don't think Baron's design is particularly interesting, at least not to me. But I like Subira, I think that this is the first I, like specifically cares about bounce commander, like from from board to hand. Uh-huh. Like there are some that are like, oh, something left the battlefield, and they'll okay. trigger things. This is the first one that's like, hey. I put it, it's in my hand now, 
Let me draw mm-hmm. my card, please. And then you, you <laughs> let him do it because because he didn't just blink it for value. Said, you know what? Yeah, you put it back in your hand. It's arguably worse mm-hmm. than bounce, like or uh, you know, blinking effects. Then so blinking, you can take yeah. your card. You can well, it, it um it to I, me it has a similar feel to um my Sig River Cutthroat deck where he's hmm. the commander. And you, you just, you wait the whole turn. You get to the end step. Mm. And then at the end step, you get to say, oh, I worked really hard and met this one requirement. May I please draw my one card so that my commander can do the best he can, please. <laughs> and then sometimes you forget. Um, but Baron's is not a may, at least. Yes. Yeah. Well, and They've been doing a good so job like... of, of like things that are arguably just really good because of Arena mm-hmm. and making it just yeah. play a little faster. They've gotten rid of may in a lot of instances. Yeah. And so I think that my biggest thing there is like, when we go to Ikoria, um, as a, as a recent example, if you're an enfranchised player or like, it's just, if you have a, if you're a big fan of the lore and you have characters you're invested in, Ikoria just had Vivian. And so like, if you want to see, if you get invested in a character and you want to see them do more stuff, there's actually increasingly few opportunities for that to happen. And so I like the idea that core sets now, because I th- I'm fairly positive. Well, I know Mangara and the lore is imprisoned in a hell dimension because of Karavek. And he is basically, he basically does not exist anymore. Baron nice. is very dead. I'm fairly positive. Subira is dead. And Joel Rael, I know was an ally of Karavik. So I do believe that they are also dead. And so we are getting characters that are, I, I like that the corsets can exist in this kind of like anthology space where, because they, by, by their nature, they are like on all of the different planes. Like Daniel said, like Azusa is from Kamigawa and is in this set. And then we have a uh, colossal Dreadmaw who we all know exists on every plane in the multiverse. Oh, There's always a six, six dinosaur. Uh, and so like we, and so I like that not only we get that from a planar perspective that we're getting cards and stuff that are from all over the multiverse, but that in here, they are also showing that they will do that for time. Like it's these characters are outside of the current timeline, but because they have a connection to a central theme, this time being Teferi, they have a reason to then go ahead and still print those cards, which will encourage, I think, like, because the core sets are on ramps to get new players in, and then it'll encourage them to to get into the game in a deeper way, I think. Especially for people who eventually migrate to the format that I play, Commander, because it's one, it's this is the deep, Commander is the deepest well of just cards that you have well, in you this know, game. I, and so it kind of fucks them. I actually kind of had almost an inverted view of them doing the uh, the flavor, giving cards to, to characters from the old lore. I almost mm-hmm. saw it as more of, you know, like the core set is primor- primarily focused at getting, you know, new players in. And I kind of felt like having the, the, deep lore stuff in was a smattering of hey you know if you're uh, you know a well-established player here there's still some some neat stuff especially for you it's not just for the newbies i -hmm. think that i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to latch on to josh there simply Hmm. because i like caravac the merciless so much and caravac the spiteful makes me mad and so if if they (laughs) And honestly, it might just be because this card's weird. But if I am an enfranchised player and I know about Kervek the Merciless, and then I see this one, I go, oh, all right. And then if I'm a new player and I see Kervek the Spiteful, I go, oh, okay. I wonder if there's any other versions of him. And they go, 
Oh. Oh, is there? Oh, oh is there right. ever? Right. <laughs> so it's oh, it, it's weird, but I'm I'm not the biggest lore boy. I've never been yeah. a tremendous lore boy. Um, mm-hmm. I do think that I like seeing. I like the weird legendaries that show up, like Gadrak, the Crown Scourge. I mm-hmm. it's a legendary dragon for three, but what? Where's he from? What's his deal? Why does he yeah. exist? We don't know. <laughs> and he's just legendary. He just gets to be. And that's the things yeah. I like more when they throw in like these legends that I'm nearly positive they're just making up right now. And mm. then they're putting them in a core set instead of in an actual story set. So you might not ever see Catrock matter in a book or matter anywhere. <laughs> it's just, hey, just so you all know, somewhere in the vast infinite universe, there's one important dragon. Well, it's like there's... <laughs> There's, there's only one of him. That doesn't mean he matters, but he is the only one. But he's the only gad. He's the only gadrag. He's a dragon. He cares about treasure. He <laughs> is a legendary dragon. He's dragon. known for being a dragon that hoards treasure. But you don't have to care. That's, that's gadrag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that one particular dragon. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will say, I, I do very much hate the new Karavek, and I do also very much love me some of that new Gadrak. Mm-hmm. And the Gadrak thing is, like, I was, is pretty good. I, was, I was talking about, um of the core sets, um, I was like, whether or not I do, um, I always entertain the thought of building uh, a new commander whenever I just see interesting legendary cards. I was talking about uh, with someone just building around Gadrak, because just the card, I think, is really good. Um... I guess for people who are not currently uh, looking at cards at home with us, like you should be, you bad, bad people. Gadrak the Crown Scourge is two and a red for a 5-4 flying legendary dragon. It can't attack unless you have four more artifacts. And at the beginning of your end step, you make a treasure for each non-token creature that died this turn. So it's a very, very good rate with the added cost if you have to maintain like a critical mass of artifacts for you to really be able to get like value out of it i think the floor on that card is just mana generation which is not bad especially in red to have like turn over turn over turn mana generation like that um and it's flavorful like it's uh the I, i would say the thing i feel like this would be impossible to balance but like you look at the flavor of this card and i would i would think that the flavor is supposed to be that whenever gadrak doesn't have enough treasure he flies out to go get more treasure now they restricted him by you have to have enough artifacts for him to attack i think the better flavor for that is like if you ever get under this many artifacts then he can attack so you have to like try to manage it so he's like oh i don't have enough treasure i have to go out and get it but that's impossible to balance because you would just not run artifacts. Well, I mean, he he is he's Smaug, he is Smaug from the Hobbit, yeah. without mm-hmm. a doubt. Like even the way his little little mouth peeks up in the <laughs> in the middle of his mouth, that's yeah. that's the design from Peter Jackson's The Hobbit. Um, yeah, it's one hundred percent what he is. So yeah. um, I I do think this is just Smaug, mm-hmm. and I think the flavor is that he is Smaug from the Hobbit. Yeah. <laughs> and that is the flavor. Well, then that yeah, just fills me so. up with another think, yeah. rage because they did Voracious Great Shark and Ikoria. And why wasn't that just like, you know, something, the Voracious Great Shark? Because that was just Jaws. And we're just going to mm-hmm. do that of just, hey, yeah. this is this from a movie. You know, they did it with King Kong, too. I'm mad now. Koga. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, Kogla? King Kong got a legendary. Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah, he was legendary. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I think though it's uh, before before we move on to the next topic, I want to touch because we did touch on the fact that uh, like I view the set as just kind of like literally a mine for cards. Um, I don't know. I wanted that to go somewhere. Uh, and so I, I try to make sure that like, I look at, because like there's the new commanders and I can mine a whole new deck out of that. But I started also looking at a lot of like just the lower rarity stuff, the general utility stuff. And uh, I, one of the things I do want to touch on just because it's, I feel like in talking about core 21, everyone who was talking about it is talking about the, uh, the new, the four mana Teferi, the new Teferi card. And I just, I've been watching a lot of, uh, watching some content on it and the card is undoubtedly powerful, but I look at this card and I don't care like at all. And I'm playing the same format and I can acknowledge like, oh, okay. For four mana on three, he goes to four, you loot, and then you loot on every turn. That's undoubtedly powerful, but I'm thinking at least, and I could be completely off base here, but like in my gut with this Teferi, I'm getting the same vibe that I got with Kinnon in Akoria, with Vanifar in the Ravnica set, and to an extent Urza whenever Modern Horizons released, where at least in the at least in the meta that we play in and kind of in the games that I see. I feel like this card's power level is on such an axis that I'm not really concerned about it warping the format at all. Similar to like Kennen is crazy strong, but I feel like it's boring strong. Like it's not a, it's not a power level that appeals to the majority of commander players. Um I think it'll be a staple in Super Friends decks. I because I mean, yeah. what it is is it's because one you have every single one of those turns and then also mm-hmm. the phasing out so like and it's anytime you can do an mm-hmm. instant so turn one that you play it you put them up to four the next turn if somebody's coming in and you don't have a way to defend it then you're just like oh just phase that out just in attack whatever i don't care and then on the next turn you loot and then like when it gets back to you he's essentially just back up to three which is what he was when you played him at the start yeah and, I mean, and yeah. I will say, like, and I will say, Drew, mm-hmm. Drew, I, I think, mm-hmm. I think maybe you only don't like him because you haven't found the right one of him. In I haven't found the right twenty twenty one. Oh, yes, that is there, true. Um, I yeah. think I would really like to discuss the fact that there are, uh, in the regular frame, technically three different arts. In the fancy mm-hmm. frame, technically four different arts, and then on top of that, the full art showcase boy. Yep. There are. There's a lot of. Nine. There are. There are eight. It is eight. Eight different arts. Um, but the differences in all those arts that aren't actually different art are his little time magic swirly burlies are a little tiny bit different. And I. Oh, remain, and the tatters um, on the sail, the tatters on the weatherlight are also a little bit messed up. Oh shucks! I guess I didn't notice that. I yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I can my tell whole, you. My whole point, my whole bafflement is um, cured. <laughs> I was listening to another um, podcast, and they they had an idea that was really cool uh, for mm. Teferi because he's the master of time. And they said that what they yeah. should have done for Teferi is just give him all of the different borders that Magic has had because he's a time oh, yeah. give him a white border yeah. give him the old school border now like oh i would have probably actually wanted to buy those but no i think you know in commander oh. commander is not a very 
at the beginning, unless you're playing more focused aggro type of things. Like, mm-hmm. turn one Soul Ring, turn two Teferi Master of Time. You're probably not going to have that many creatures you have to worry about in a, the first turn cycle. Oh, I mean, sure. But also that, that relies on, to like, it's not a card you can run as your commander. And so that does rely on an opening hand. And I, I think my biggest thing is, like, like... I think I think I'll, I'll I'll pinpoint it on cards that we've had like more time with, but like Kinnon, Kinnon is an obscenely powerful card. Well, Kinnon's a bad example because I don't think necessarily Kinnon's had the time to like permeate the format. But like Vanifar, I have not seen a Vanifar. I've not seen a Vanifar deck in person, but I haven't seen one online. Like when like when watching content, when watching Commander gameplay, and well, and that is also let me watching tell you some the CDH reason play why and stuff like that as well. Don't is because mm. Vanifar, and maybe Kenan to an extent, there because mm. there's a weird in-between that you traverse, especially if you're watching content creators who put out Commander videos, Yeah, because more often than not, they don't want to do something that would be an unpleasant viewing experience. Mm-hmm. So they more often than not, they specifically choose a deck that isn't going to just steamroll unless the whole thing is super competitive. Vanifar and Kenan exist in this area right underneath CEDH where it's just not enjoyable casual because they are mm-hmm. too fast. <laughs> they do too much too quickly. And yeah. I, mean, I don't think Teferi Master of Time is, is that level. I'm saying yeah. that if left unchecked on turn two, like or just people don't have creatures and it's a blue deck and they got counter spells to back it up, that's just two turn cycles and you take two extra turns. It's not oh, yeah. that hard. He goes to four, and then five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And then on, like, the third player's turn, before mm-hmm. it even goes to your turn, you take two extra turns, which is three <laughs> turns. Yeah, it's, and I mean, like, it's I, I would even say, and I think it's also, um, I have an, uh, I have, well, you two know this because you've played against it, but for the, the, the folks at home, uh, I, I have an Atemsis deck that can get into an infinite turn loop just by proliferating. Planeswalker loyalty, and I definitely feel like this Teferi like is on that power level. But I, I think you, know, you kind of hit on a pretty good point where I feel like the I feel like Teferi Master of Time has the power level potential to be a nightmare card in casual metas that are playing against it. Yes, but I think in thing. a competitive meta, I don't it think is it would matter in a competitive. Yeah, not at in all. In a competitive yeah. meta, it won't work. But as people view Commander as like, oh hey, I brought these fun cards. It's like, yeah. I have this dinosaur, and when it swings, I get more dinosaurs. And this guy said, it, okay, but if you don't have one of your, like, eight-drop dinosaurs out, pretty soon, <laughs> I'm taking every turn. And that, and I, is, and that is that. And I, and I think kind of the key thing there is, with War of the Spark, we've got a ton of this, and I've been noticing we get more and more of this kind of with each set. Uh, D-Spark has started to kind of really rise on my radar whenever i start to look at removal like try to put removal spells into a deck i think we are getting to a point where in commander games you just want to be running some planeswalker removal because i feel like it's we've now hit a point where there are so many planeswalker cards just like in raw number not even necessarily power level but there are so many that you on average are gonna see a couple like real problem planeswalkers in a given game like where that's reliably the case enough where you would want to start. Cause like if you main deck a D spark, I think you can just answer this and go on about your day. <laughs> like, yeah. or if you run hex parasite well, in a day is that I think that if you play it and they're tapped out and, mm-hmm. and all of those, 
things working well against you for in this instance i guess just a mono blue deck absolutely yeah. d spark sure i am positive it will resolve oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're yeah you're saying like you're in blue and all the stuff yeah, yeah. like uh, you know and that's I, the reason why like if i'm playing a mono green deck and someone puts out a garrick unleashed and i have a d spark i say okay cool goodbye <laughs> good see you later or like if i have a chandra then you know mm-hmm. they despark and i say okay well i'm gonna despark something too because i reverberate or you Ooh, know but, uh, but this opt did you say opt <laughs> opt i think you said opt. i think this card and to be fair i don't think like i don't know how this card will do in standard i know that currently like control decks kind of rule the meta so i'm sure this will show up because they love their fairies over there Mm -hmm. and i think in commander games it will be a thing that is unenjoyable if it hits early but i think that if it hits late game it'll end up like any other planeswalker in commander which is just okay yeah we'll kill it we'll attack it and kill it because what are you doing it's a planeswalker they do one thing that's like a bad sorcery at most on the turn yeah. you put them out. Like, yeah, it's if you don't have the protection for it, and if you're playing it mid to late game, this card will essentially read two mana, two blue, draw a card, discard a card, and gain three life. Is effectively what you'll get out of this, like, late game, because it will just get killed instead of them hitting you, I guess. And so, well, like, for this one specifically, if it does go to the next person's turn, then it's technically It'll like you draw four. two, discard two, and gain four gain and it's yeah gain will gain five because it'll be four on your turn five on their turn but yeah yeah you know that's not too bad especially in blue that's you what i'm saying it's 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 actually yeah, no, it's, it's, that's it's very pretty, reasonable it's got some it's meat. reasonably costed but enough about yeah, especially cards for... that are that are clearly none of our favorite cards <laughs> yeah i was gonna say that was a lot to talk about a card that none of us really like if I get no, one, just, yeah. I'm going to put it in my Aminatu Super Friends deck because, of course, I would. That's where you would put that Absolutely. kind of a thing. But yes. it is by no means a I card I, I hope would, I pull. Um, yes. I don't want to have it. I would sell it. I would get rid of it. I, yeah. I would put I, it I into my wallet. I would sell that card. Yeah. But I'd let's talk a little bit about the cards we're really excited about. Cards we know for a fact that we want to jam into one of our commander decks or just use mm-hmm. maybe somewhere else. I don't know. I know specifically for me, I'm thinking about commander. And I'm, and if I recall correctly, everybody's yes. put together a top three cards from Corset 2021 that they're excited to shove them and mm-hmm. where they would like to shove mm-hmm. said cards. And I suppose that we will just start with Drew. Do you want to do it like mm-hmm. each one does one and we just do it three times? Or do you want to just do all three uh, I, and, and I, go for it? Yeah, I'd say let's, let's, yeah, let's have each of us just do all three of ours. Um, I don't want to okay. put mine in any particular order. Um, but what I... I'm I, I have the most trouble. Um, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna cut an honorary mention for me is Massacre Worm, and that's just because I'm excited for it. Just because now that it's gotten another printing, it's substantially cheaper, and so I, I can just get it and not feel bad about spending money on a Massacre Worm. But it's not a new card, and so that's why it's just an honorable mention. Um, the three for me are uh, they are not in my primary colors, and one of them is a common. Um, I think I'm going to do, I'm going to go in order of what I think is going to be, uh, most appealing to the weirdest for me. Um, my, one of my favorites is Brash Haunter. Uh, Brash Haunter is four and a red oh, for a one, one goblin. It is so indestructible. Silly. So good. Uh, it so is indestructible. 
when it is dealt damage, it deals that much damage to target opponent, and then for two or red and tap it, it can fight a creature. So I mean, it's the the comparison everybody is making, and it's the the easiest one to make is with Stuffy Doll. It plays mm-hmm. the exact same lines that Stuffy Doll lines play, and that you play it to basically beat the hell out of your own card and then take someone out. It has the upsides of. Uh, it doesn't, you don't have to make that call on ETB and then to pivot it to another player, reset it by blinking it or doing some other garbage. You just choose it per trigger. And so you can actually spread this one around a lot more efficiently. It has a better way to self-induce the damage if you have no other cards. So if you don't on its own can tap and deal one to itself, which is fine, but it's brash honor can just start fighting stuff, which basically punishes your opponents for playing big creatures, which is a really fun thing. Like it doesn't punish them in the way that like pacifism just doesn't let them do anything. Uh, but it, it goes like, Hey, if you have that, I'm just going to use that to hurt you just oh, it's, as it's much as I can stop hitting yourself. It's 100%. Yeah, literally. No, it's it's even so good. Better than that. Let me tell you something in, mm-hmm commander because let's say because this does not care about what is dealing it damage it's not even mad at the person who does all damage say that i have this out and drew has his zakama it's a nine Uh. nine and i say brash taunter Mm -hmm. fight that zakama josh guess who's taking nine because (laughs) i fought drew's creature (laughs) it's just whenever it's It's damage you have to target opponent anybody yeah it's just it's just a rabble rouser he's just coming in angry and he's just causing he's causing a bar room blitz and he doesn't care he's indestructible he's not gonna go anywhere that's my favorite thing is that they do not give an explanation there's no lore reason Mm. he's not legendary this is just no some reason an indestructible goblin (laughs) that wants you to fight He just wants to come yes. in and throw bows, and I, and I love that. It's, it's and, and, it, well, like, and especially in Commander, it has the slight restriction that you need to be in red. Boo-hoo. I will deal with I that. Think, like, I don't that, think I've I, ever I, seen... I don't think I've ever seen a Stuffy Doll deck that didn't have red. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, because like, you do like the you lines would, of, you, like, uh, uh, Chain Lightning, uh, Blasphemous Act, yep. deal 13 mm-hmm. to somebody. You just want huge amounts, Yeah, like, they already have it. I mean, like, Dana mentioned, like, my, um, I think I spoke on this in our first episode, but my Zerd as a comma deck is just gonna put this right into it as just a backup stuffy doll line. It's just really fun. Oh, that's yeah. great. Um, yeah, it's super good. Um, my second one is also a rare, um, and it is Pursued Whale. Uh, five and two blue for an 8-8 eight, eight whale. <laughs> nice. When Pursued it enters the battlefield... <laughs> When it enters the battlefield, each opponent makes a 1-1 red pirate token with this creature can't block, and creatures you control attack each combat if able, and then spells your opponents cast that target pursued whale cost three more to cast. Now we mentioned, Daniel mentioned earlier, the uh, the great shark from Ikoria is just Jaws, but it's not legendary. This is just Moby Dick, but it is not legendary. 100%. And here is, and the thing that, that makes me excited, one, it's I. I really like the fact that I think this is dead on flavor for a Moby Dick card. It's a mm-hmm. bit unfortunate for people who well, would like really be inspired and want to play that as like a deck that it's not legendary, but I feel like the flavor for it being the whale that is Moby Dick of it's hard. Like it's it, all the pirates have to attack. They have to try to get at it, but it is actively hard for them to do anything to it. Let me tell you harder. something else. I like going yeah. under the Moby Dick thing because if this could be your mm-hmm. legendary creature, that's not really Moby Dick, is it? You gotta find it. It's not. You gotta dig through that yeah. whole tag. You gotta uh, really yeah. search for it. 
and that's the key thing for me because the thing that makes me most excited about this so it's i i got really back into following magic like set to set when the ixalan sets came out and one of the one of the cards in there that has been uh my white whale you could say one of the decks i've wanted to build out of that set is the admiral beckett brass grixis pirates deck that deck is bad it is it is like not strong enough it's barely strong enough to pl- to be like to be cohesive and all but i like that now that there's a jaws card and there's a card like pursued whale i like that that deck is now becoming like i can run less pirates in it and still have a lot of fun with it if it's pirate in flavor and so i can run these giant sea creatures that the pirates are hunting for i can run like ghost ship and stuff like that and so pursued whale it lets me play on like i don't need there to always because like it's we get a we only get so many pirates like literal tribal pirates in each Mm -hmm. set but it's this lets me play cards that are outside of the tribe but they are inside of the flavor of what the deck's doing and that's something that i really like oh and it makes all of your opponents play a pirate deck too yeah, like it's a whole seafaring swashbuckling kind of thing. So it's like, I don't necessarily need that because there aren't a ton of strong pirates, but I can play a lot of things that feel like piracy. Um, and then my third card is a common. It is Village Rights. Village Rights is one oh, black for an yes. instant and is an additional cost. Sack a creature, draw two cards. I love to play aristocrat decks. This is the most i would without looking it up and refusing to look it up i would say this is probably the most efficient draw spell in black just yeah. flat it like it is, a, it is a strictly better alters reap and alters reap yeah i have always felt is a good card and this one just costs one less less it just costs it just less costs to do less. it it's instant speed card draw and it has this added cost if you have to sacrifice your own things to get advantage. Feels like black. Feels very flavorful. Mm-hmm. I just love this card. It's a card that I feel like I could slot into. Like, it's I play a lot of aristocrats. I could easily slot this into any of those and feel great about it. But, I mean, there's a lot of times where just, like, it's I'm going to chump block with this card and now I get an additional. It's, it's, it is as though I had a skull clamp on it, basically. Um, mm-hmm. Where I'm still getting that draw. Like, so it's a card, a creature I'm going to lose anyway. Or it's even better in Aristocrat decks. I just feel like this card is like... Your deck doesn't even need to have death trigger synergies in it. I feel like to make this a good include. No, this is just this yeah. is just a pretty solid card. Unless you're playing like some kind of deck containing black that doesn't do creatures. Um, t- this mm-hmm. would be bad in my Aminatu a Super Friends deck. Yeah. Yeah, but that, and that's just because you're like, oh, am I going to have the creatures? That cares about creatures it. even slightly. I feel like this is a very solid card. Yeah. Or even just has enough incidental creatures in it. Like, there are going to be times where you're just going to lose a creature anyway, and you just sack it to village rights. Oh, yeah, it's like someone board wipes, and you're just like, yeah, all right, yeah, get him out of here. Get him yeah, out of here. Or somebody plays Pursued Whale and gives you a pirate and makes you play pirates, and then you're like, no, 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 no. I would rather I draw play pirates. <laughs> I would rather play my own deck. I'm going to draw two cards of my deck instead and not be playing pirates. <laughs> the village is owed a blood of a pirate. That is that is right. <laughs> That's the flavor. Uh, mm, that is the flavor. <laughs> they say, you know what's weird? A whale was outside in the ocean, and so a pirate came to our town, and we said, nobody hunts whales around here, and we ate that guy. We ate him up and then learned two things. 
We ate. <laughs> Those so are my like three, those. though. Those uh, are all very uh, good. Uh, yeah. Let's let's hit up Josh. Josh, what three I, cards? Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty positive oh. I know what your number one is, but I'm excited to hear your <sighs> other two because I have no idea which direction yeah. you're going here. There, I, I very nearly combined two uh, because I like them very much for the same reason, but for the sake of uh, not cheating... I'll have these two mm-hmm. separate cards be two different cards that I each like. Because that is That sounds the truth. like what I asked for. <laughs> yes, yes. So Solid. the first one the first one I saw, the first one that made me very excited was of course Thieves Guild Enforcer. Um mm-hmm. Daniel and Drew know this, but no one else should. Uh <laughs> one of my first EDH decks that I built uh was my aforementioned Sig River Cutthroat deck. It is Rogue Tribal, which is Ooh. a tribe that does have support. It's got Prowl. It's got uh, Una's Blaggard <laughs> is a good lord. But overall, overall, not any good, even a little bit. But um, <laughs> but this right here, Thieves Guild Enforcer, is mm-hmm. A, Rogue Tribal, and B, pretty dang nice. Not a bad card. It, um, so what does what does Thieves Guild Enforcer do? Yes, yes, yes. It's it is a one drop, one black. You get a one one. It does also have flash. When it mm. or another rogue enters the battlefield under your control, each opponent mills two cards. And as long as an opponent has eight or more cards in their graveyard, Thieves Guild Enforcer gets plus two plus one and has death touch. So if they've got a number of cards in their graveyard, for one you get a three two flash death touch. With that tribal ETB trigger going on, mm-hmm. it's it's nice. It's just good and nice. Which yeah, segues like nicely <laughs> to my second card. But you can say something before I segue to my second no, very obvious card. No man, you got it. <laughs> my second favorite card from this set. <laughs> wouldn't you know it? It is a ghostly pilferer. It is. It is. Um, for one blue and one other, you get a two-one spirit rogue. And now mm-hmm. it does. It does the two things that I want a rogue to do. The two things that I want from any rogue is it's got draw triggers and it can become unblockable. It uh, whenever it becomes <laughs> untapped, it essentially has uh, inspired. Uh, and you can pay two to draw a card when mm-hmm. it becomes untapped. And then also, whenever an opponent casts a spell from anywhere other than their hand, for any reason, you get to draw a card. Also, you can discard a card, and it can't be blocked this turn. Those are the two things I want from a rogue. I want sneaky sudden card draw. I want it to be unblockable. It does the two things really nice. It's a rogue. It's a good rogue, which is weird. It is and weird. There's currently it. only the like two other ones, right? Um, yeah, <laughs> if that. Um, put out a stink drinker. Well, there's and some the, of the obvious other ones notion. Are, uh, thief is better. like the best rogue printed. Yeah, yes. the best one. Yes, yeah, and so also it one. just <laughs> that's that is a card that people play not because it's a rogue. That's true. If anything, Um, you lucked out with the theme because otherwise, I think you would not have a very good day. I do like. I also like you saying um, is a rogue. Mm -hmm. 
I like you saying how sneaky you like your rogues, like sneaky card draw, mm. but you know, it's also just, it's printed on them and no rogues have haste. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just like, so well, the that, idea of sneaky card, draw, like that's why Notion Thief is so good. The flash, like somebody's like, oh, I'm going to draw 13 cards. Bam. That's sneaky card draw. This guy is not sneaky card draw. <laughs> well, well, see, it's sneaky because like it doesn't, you can't just do it outright it's not like a tap ability you can't pay for it you gotta wait, wait till next turn and sneak in there yeah, you, you, after or it's when around. an opponent casts a spell from anywhere other than their hand which they see on the card lets you draw a card hey but they might forget you're not getting nobody oh they might forget they might forget yeah they might forget well and that's the thing is actually i like that ability because like that's a, a cheating things into play is a thing that I think at some level just about, I, I wouldn't say all, but most commander decks do with something in their deck. Sometimes you are trying to get more advantage, or sometimes you're in a, you're in a pod with a group hug deck, and that's what everybody has to do. You don't get the choice anymore. Someone's played an Oma machine. So, granted, if it's Oma machine specifically, this card is trash, because you're not drawing anything. <laughs> Oma machine uh, well, is out. Yes. But, like, it's, uh, I like the, like... A lot of decks will be casting things from not their hand, whether that be completely for free, off of their library, out of their oh, graveyard. Yeah, I, and I like that machine, um Open Machine does proc that second ability. It, it, it triggers it. It, it totally won't triggers it. Do and the ability it actually does resolve. Oh, it, it absolutely does. resolves. It's, it it's just, so instead, resolves. Instead, instead of drawing a card, you don't. But you did do the ability. Get the trigger. Yeah. You did show uh, Yeah. <laughs> yes. So it's it's So just what is right. your number one? I think I oh, know what your number one, one is. Um I'm pretty I, sure. I hope so. Oh probably, probably. Um it's another just, you know, it, I like it because of the way that um I personally like it. It's one of those situations. Uh it is terror <laughs> <laughs> It is terror of the peaks. Yay! Um, yes, yes. It's um for those not looking at cards, you doofus boys. It is um for two red, three other. You get a five four flyer. Eh, that's not great, but spells your opponent's cast that target it cost an additional three life, which is basically it having the thunderbreak regent ability, sort of. And then also, mm-hmm. most importantly, whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control. It deals damage equal to that creature's power to any target. It is a Warstorm mm-hmm. Surge on a stick, costing less than Warstorm Surge. It's yep. very nice. Now, I I um have been working on converting to a commander deck, a uh, kitchen table casual sixty card deck that was my dragon deck, which mm-hmm. I I I felt the need to make it because I was playing Magic the Gathering. By wizards of the coast it's magic it's wizards there's dragons it's just <laughs> a logical dragons. thing to, there's a dragon darby dragons wizards but, of the coast but the also is, does make dungeons and dragons and i don't huh. really care but that is true um <laughs> now now going back to the aforementioned smaug from the hobbit what i like mm-hmm. about a dragon is not Oh my goodness, it's very large with the big claws. It could swoop down and slice a man in half in combat with a tiny little man. 
That's not what's cool about dragons. What's neat about dragons, exemplified in Smaug from The Hobbit, is when he was awakened from his long slumber and decided to cause some big bad mischief, he went down to the Long Lake, and he did not say, I will engage in combat with these, these people. He swooped down, and he just breathed a whole lot of fire and killed a lot of people, and the people were just on the ground saying, oh gosh, I cannot even attempt to strike him back. He is just breathing mm -hmm. fire from afar. And so my concept in playing dragons is I just want to cause damage by virtue of having dragons. I don't particularly mm -hmm. want to attack with them. I want them to come in and breathe their big fire doom. And this guy does it pretty much <laughs> the best anyone can do. He says, hello, other dragons. Howdy, breathe your big fire. Uh, very nice. He's yeah, right up there with, uh, with Dracoseth. Dracoseth has like that, that cone of flame type thing where it deals yes. four to one target, three to two other targets. And that's all like, I feel like Dracoseth's a little bit, he's a little bit prohibitively costed, but the flavor is perfect for him breathing yes. a cone of fire every time he attacks. Like it's What's the and same thing here. Yeah. What's the dragon that whenever another dragon comes in, you deal damage equal to the number of dragons? Oh, that... yes. Scourge of Valkus, and it has yeah. up until now been probably one of my favorite dragons because it is exactly, uh, there's a dragon, there's how many dragons? Oh, we gotta hurt someone because the dragons are here and it's this many. <laughs> I'm also gonna I'm also gonna piggyback on like some of the the flavor discussions. I like like Scourge of Valkus and like Terror of the Peaks here. I like their names for them being non-legendary dragons. So like mm -hmm. Dracoseth, Maw of Flame, Gadrak, Meshach, and Abednego. Like the specific <laughs> the legendary dragons where it's like name and title. But I like the idea of like if you were to live in Valkus, you were just like there is a Scourge of Valkus. Oh, what is the Scourge? It is a dragon. Well, oh, hey, let's go climb a mountain. Oh, be wary of the terror of the peaks. And there just is a generic, like, it's not a dragon that's, like, legendary. It's just like, oh, you go there, there's, like, this, it it almost kind of has it be, like, a force of nature that exists just in these mountains. Oh, yeah, there will be dragons yeah. up there. They're, They're going to breathe out. fire on you. They're yeah. hanging out, and they're yeah. going to hurt you. It makes Look me wish, dragons. because of abilities like Scourge of Valkus and, and, and Terror of the Peaks, it kind of makes me wish because dragons in most lore, um, they kind of sit in a cave and protect the treasure. More dragons should just have defender and should deal damage on ETB. <laughs> That's what they're doing. Yes. They only 100%. go out if you've taken the thing, but they probably are just protecting the thing. Give dragons more defender and more ETB damage. Mm. Please, wizards. Thank oh, you. Oh, yeah, uh, Slumbering Dragon, right? Slumbering Dragon can't attack or block. And start, yeah. Until it gets awoken. That's exactly yep. right. You have to come at it TV, again and but, again. Yeah. yeah but it could. That's because it's asleep. Had, um, yeah, he's yeah. asleep. It's, he barely sleep. enters the battlefield. You just yeah. kind of wander uh -huh. upon him on the battlefield. Yeah. Yes. Sleeping creatures like can't have any TB. They're asleep. <laughs> and They're and asleep. then uh, Daniel... What are uh, your three favorites? Uh, well, my my first one, my my number three is actually an uncommon. 
Ooh. And it is Teferi's Tutelage, a three-drop enchantment. Mm. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, draw a card, then discard a card. And whenever I draw a card, target opponent mills two cards. Um, the reason that I like this card so much is that um, when I got married, I received a plethora of decks from a friend of mine who didn't play Magic anymore. And one of the decks he gave me was a Simic Mill deck that had Jace's Iresu. Um, and that was the main way to mill people out was drawing cards and milling people with Jace's erasure. Um, that being said, there are only two or three cards that say when you draw a card, somebody mills, but now Mm -hmm. there are three or four cards that say that (laughs) not a very popular ability. So I needed this in order because the last couple times I've played the deck, I never draw the enchantments that let me do it. I end up just milling myself out and mm-hmm. having to win with like a lab man. And that's not the goal. The goal is to oh. get these. Yeah. So I need this, this card well, I'm putting on the list just as I have no other options. Please give me a few more of these. Well, and yeah. this one also does the card draw on itself. So power creep. Obviously. It's a little bit of power creep. <laughs> it's a little bit. The other yeah. ones don't do it. I think Sphinx's tutelage has like a paid. Uh, it has a six mana right? paid ability. Yeah, it's an activated six mana ability to loot. Um and then psychic corrosion, I don't think has that. I don't think it has that ability, but it's also so. cheaper. Psychic corrosion. Is that one? Is that one in my deck? <laughs> it should be. I mean it's relatively new, but it better be in that deck. So oh yes, that one is. Oh yeah, yes. that target. one is one of the better ones. Yeah. That was M nineteen. Yeah, that one is one of yes. the very, very good ones that I never yes. draw in my draw oh. cards deck. Oh, and um, <laughs> um, oh yes, We're, worth <laughs> noting. Uh, we had mentioned the fact that in this set uh, they are finally using the word mill, which yes. I, yes. I well, that tickles my jimmies pretty nicely. And it's a thing where uh, a thing that I've come around to on it um, because like there, there's a lot of the argument was just like everyone already calls it that go ahead and call it that just for the that level of simplicity but the reason that i like it more because i don't actually particularly care uh for for my experience of the game whether or not it says mill on the card or not because i have played long enough that i just kind of intuitively understand that what i do like is now and we'll get into this whenever we talk about um jumpstart in a bit but it lets other cards care about mill in a clean way oh yeah like, there are cards that right watch now if there's something that triggered off of mill it would say whenever an opponent mm-hmm. puts one or more cards because you couldn't do it per card one or more cards from mm-hmm. the top of their library into the graveyard uh, draw a card and it's a mono do your card trigger yeah like yeah. It, it lets other cards care about it in a very kind of seamless way and yeah. that's more that i think is a stronger case like why because i mean it's like any uh, eventually i learned that mill meant that i started playing in uh late phyrexia block i learned about mill within my first couple of weeks playing the game and i've known it since then but like it's a thing where it's it whether it's saying on the card doesn't matter but now that we have that uh we now can get cards that care about mill specifically and yep. the the more you can kind of truncate that stuff the more complex you can make cards without them just reading like blocks of text yeah i think that the use of just changing the word over is that we're gonna Mm -hmm. like they open up a lot of design space yeah so much yeah because condensing condensing puts the top 
five cards of their library into their graveyard mm-hmm. yeah. to just mill five. Ooh. Ooh, give that thing some trample and so, life yeah. link. Why not? You got the space. Might as well. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm, I'm thinking we will, it'll lose the reminder text probably the next main set we see it in. I would expect oh, I so. it. It doesn't have the reminder text on the fancy version of this card in this set. So oh, yeah, yes. I mean like it's a thing. I think core sets just have that as a, as a general thing. But yeah, yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. Boom. All right, Daniel, what's next up? What's that next um, up on the top three? This next one isn't very surprising, and it's not even... I don't even have too many decks that can use it, but I just like it, and I only have one gripe with it, but I like it enough to make it number two, and that is Fiery Emancipation. Uh, okay. Three, and then three red enchantment. Once again, mm-hmm. an enchantment. I like my enchantments. Uh, if a source I control would deal damage to a permanent or player... Just deals triple that damage to that permanent player instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a Gisela deck. Gisela's mini dates, I call it, because she's always bringing a plus one or a plus two to her damage <laughs> output. Uh, yep. And I got Dictate of the Twin Gods. I got Gratuitous Violence. I got a Torbrand. Oh, I got them all. And now I have mm-hmm. a third one that I need to get that does triple. The only complaint I have and mm-hmm. it's why I like Furnace of Wrath so much and why I like Dictate of the Twin Gods is that they are all-encompassing. Furnace of Wrath is just damage at all is oh, double. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so Same this, thing one's with this one is This one is just for me, and I'm going to have to live with that because if I didn't live with that and other people got triple damage, <laughs> I would die with that. And yeah. so I well, understand well, um... because you're having to spend six mana... And if you don't have anything else, you lose. It's yeah. one of those situations. So I do get it, it but it at least I do want to lightning take, bolt someone for nine. You can take solace in the fact that your heartless Hidetsugo will still deal triple damage to you. That does make me happy. That does make yeah. me happy. Yeah. And like, Zozu the Punisher is still going to hit me for all yeah. the amounts that I yeah. should, please. Rampaging hey, Ferocidon, I better not be dropping those creatures. That's a bolt per. That's... There's a thing that um, I noticed with this card and and with this set in particular. Um, for uh, people who listen to the show, we we have a, uh, a close friend of mine and a, a, someone who plays in our meta is a just kind of dyed in the wool mono red burn player, like just in all formats of Magic mm-hmm. that they can play. And and one of the things that they have to kind of reckon with. Um, in commander just because there's more of this effect is um, i don't want to get too deep into the rules layering here but like when you have effects like you mentioned that double and triple damage and also add increments of damage add an additional one additional two um they mentioned it's like it's you get to as the receiving player you can mitigate the power of that effect by ordering it in the most beneficial way for you so you don't get to you don't don't get to kind of stack it in this plus one plus two plus two then triple it now, a fun thing that's self-contained within M21 is with, uh, I have already forgotten the, the annoying goblin boy. I've already forgotten. Brash Taunter? Sweet... Oh, yeah, Brash Taunter. Brash Taunter is an interesting thing with effects like Fire Emancipation, because if you control Brash Taunter, you can oh. target him with your damage, oh. stack that however you want. And then he redirects that to another player. Sure, at that point, they can mitigate some of it. But it's now gone through that loop multiple times. And so you can stack it up in the most beneficial way. 
And that's why I kind of really like, because uh, red has these effects. Well, I mean, every color has Stuffy Doll, but red specifically, like a red burn deck would have Stuffy Doll and Brash Taunter, things like Repercussion, and ways to kind of, I like this idea of this kind of, you create a feedback loop of self-damage, and then you yeah. unleash it out on like the rest of the board. Oh. That's something that's really cool here, and that's the thing that I'm liking. As we're kind of seeing, we're seeing a lot more of like the, I mean, this is, We've we've already gotten uh, mana triples. This is now damage triples. We're probably mm-hmm. gonna see um, like white get you gain triple life or something. But well, like it's yeah. I like the I like this idea where if you can <laughs> mitigate that quirk of the rules a bit in mono red in this set mm. and kind of like laser cannon up with a brash taunter. And I had not thought about that. That's beautiful because yeah. I that, had my brash taunter fight one of my own creatures. It took three <laughs> times my own creatures damage, power damage. And because it took three times my creatures it's damage, nine times that. Yeah. Like, overall, it's so well, good. Oh. It dealt three times. Well, it dealt, it dealt, uh, the original damage plus two, plus two, plus one, three times. times. Yeah, and then you will take nine times what that was, and then you can put your pluses and minuses wherever you like. Yeah, you can stack. I don't think it much matters anymore at that point. Yeah, and that's a really neat way I think to kind of mitigate that trade off just with how the rules work. I like it. I think that the real reason that this was printed though is because just red burn in the way that it exists in standard and other things, which is just like you know the low low power creatures getting in quick. And then, like, mm-hmm. the direct damage spells. In Commander, it's not good. It's yeah. not good to do that. It doesn't scale. It doesn't is scale. This is this card is specifically to say, we can make it scale. Yeah. A Lightning Bolt dealing nine, that's pretty substantial. That's, yes. that's a lot. That's, that's nearly a, a four. And, yeah. and then also, just a bunch of, like, these 1-1 one, one goblins you've made, that's three apiece. That ain't bad. That that's ain't not bad, bad at all. Goblin guy getting in for six? I'll take it. Oh, yes. um, my number one card, and this is also for one of my favorite decks, which I won't. Um, my number mm. one card is, and this this card is great because it does everything that I kind of like uh, mm-hmm. in Magic. It is called Peer into the Abyss. Another oh. very costly spell. It is four and three black for a sorcery. I love my sorceries and enchantments. A target player draws cards equal to half the number of cards in their library and loses half of their life. You round up each time. I love pox. Oh, yes. I love group hug. I oh, love yes. group slug. I like Nekusar. I like whispering madness. I like it when people get hurt, but also they get the way to get back at me for hurting them. I like <laughs> casting this into a hive mind and convincing everybody at the table to put all their copies on one fella. I want to put this in an eye of the storm so that anytime someone casts <laughs> a low drop instant or sorcery, oh. this can just happen. I want to yep. cast this on myself with a hall of with the, with the with dream hall of dreams, dream halls or whatever. The one where you discard a card and cast a card. Yep. I want to cast this onto me into an eye of the storm and do this a thousand thousand times to everyone <laughs> always i want this card <laughs> smothered on my mouth and my faces that are coming out of my eyes and my mouth because <laughs> yeah. that is what the art is this this card is so quintessentially everything i like doing in magic so mm-hmm. much 
It makes me so happy. And the flavor text is by Braids. Oh, it is. It, it, it is. Yeah, it's by it's by Evil Braids. It's by Braids. By Evil Dementia. Braids. Who's banned? Yeah. But I do run good braids in a lot of decks, and uh-huh. I'm going to assume it was the same one. It's not, but that's how <laughs> I'm going to interpret it. I love this card. There's no I bad way to cast this card. What's yeah, that? I do have an uh, an important question. Mm. Now, in the in the art here, you've got like the main face that's the focus of the art. Uh, do you think that face is coming out of an eye or a mouth? Because it could be either one. Oh, like the, the central one? I definitely yeah. think that that is coming out of a mouth because we see kind of this lip on like the bottom left corner here. Well, yeah, I'm gonna view his that eyes have a... that same intense kind of pinkish color too, like on yeah. the one in the front there. Yeah, I, it's, I it's no mostly teeth. kind of the curvature to it. That's well. That's true, but yeah. you also you don't see in the in the kind of endlessly recurring hell that is this art. You don't see the bottom teeth, regardless. Yeah. yeah so I the could top I, teeth might have been cut out up there. Yeah, they might be uh, just out of frame. Maybe. Well, um, people who you listen, listen, you tell us what you think. Do you think yeah. that this yeah. endless set of faces is coming out of a bigger one's eyes or a bigger one's mouth? Mm. Yeah. Put a, put up a poll. Let's make a poll. Mouth or <laughs> Let's eye? Make a poll. So I think that I think that um, when this set comes out, I think that the games we play together will be miserable, and I am very excited <laughs> for that to be happening. I'm very pumped about it. Hey everyone, um, so that was our Core 2021 review. Um, in the same recording session, we did also go into our thoughts on the Jumpstart set that also is releasing basically around the same time. Um, we have split those off. Those will be in our episode four, which should also be up right now, probably either above or below this episode, wherever you happen to find it. Um, so if you are interested and want to hear our thoughts on Core or rather on Jumpstart, or just if you're if you're unsure kind of where you fall on it, just want to get some more insight, um, that episode is also up. Um, however, we do want to thank you for listening to our review of Core 2021. Um, what were your favorite cards from the set? Um, what do you think about some of the things we discussed? How do you feel about our top three favorites? Um, I feel like uh, <laughs> we picked some pretty odd ones. Um, but what do you think about um, our discussions of, like, older legendary older characters from the lore do you feel like those are more of a treat for veteran players do you feel like those are more of a uh, on-ramp for new players to dive or dive deeper into the story probably a little of both like most things are how do you feel about uh the new the new teferi what do you think the impact of that teferi is gonna have or what impact do you think that teferi is going to have on the commander format and do you think there will be as much of a divide between you know more competitive tables more casual tables with that impact um but again yeah like i said just let us know your thoughts down there in the comment box and if you could just uh uh, give us a rating on whatever your platform is positive or negative just kind of let us know what you think about the show um do you have any recommendations for us um are there any topics you would like us to kind of go into in the future let us know in those comments um follow us Uh, we have a facebook page now um demonstrate the loop on facebook um we're trying to get all the social medias but yeah just uh, leave us a rating let us know what you want us to do follow us on all the things other than that uh we have demonstrated the loop i am moving to the instep and i concede